What is up, everyone? Welcome into the Makeshift Managers Podcast, where all the takes are hot around here, and the NFL not rigged. Um, Devin, it was quite the championship week. It was. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was a boring start. It was a god awful start to the day. The Eagles and Niners game literally just didn't show up, and it's nobody's fault. It's not Hassan Reddick's fault. It's not Brock Purdy's fault. It's honestly, it's Kyle Shanahan's fault for not uh, challenging the Devontae Smith catch. But anyways, got a lot to uncover here. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The NFC Championship game was effectively just. After the first quarter, it was just a formality that they played the final quarters of that game, like not trying to be rude about it. But as soon as Purdy went out, um, I don't even think Josh Johnson would start himself in any facet, whether it be Madden, Fantasy, Pop Warner. He's not that guy, never has been 15 teams in like 15 years. There's a reason why he's the fourth string quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And Kudos to the Niners. They were able to put up seven points on one of the better defenses in football with their fourth-string quarterback playing. Um, that says a lot. The Eagles put up 31 points on one of the best defenses in football, which is respectable, but whenever the offense can't stay on the field, it helps the other team's offense because that defense tends to be a little gassed. Um, it's it's shit. It, it, it sucks. This is probably the worst outcome for any of the fan bases because the Eagles, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'll take whatever I can get. You know, it's not Nick Foles leading a team of destiny to the Super Bowl, but it's Howie Roseman's pockets being as deep as uh, humanly possible in Philadelphia saying, fuck it, the window's now. Um, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan did to be so good at calling plays, but I, 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 I guess um, at some point the big gains are just something that he's not going to be able to do with how good – like. There's give and take. At some point, the Niners bubble had to burst, I guess. They went through two starters, and their third guy was just as good, if not better, than their second starter. Because I'm not going to say Trey Lance because we didn't get a sample of him. I still think he's unproven. Um, but, yeah, the, bub- the bubble fucking burst. Um, this team was injured to shit the year after their uh, Super Bowl run in 2019. They literally were, like, one of the most injury-riddled teams in football. Made it back last year to the NFC Championship. It's a Super Bowl appearance and two NFC titles in four years. They have to get a guy. Personally, I think the Niners have to get someone. You, you can't wait for Lance. Purdy was great this year. If you can upgrade at that position, health-wise, intangibles, just if you can get a top-tier passer or top-tier quarterback at the position, you get him this offseason. We know that Kyle Shanahan can win. 13, 14 games with whoever he pleases, get me an actual quarterback. If Tom Brady's available, go after him. If you could trade capital or players for a Lamar Jackson, I don't know the feasibility of that, but if Baltimore's going to continue to just kick the can down the road, San Francisco has plenty of assets to bring Lamar Jackson in. And for all the questions of him as a passer, I think there's no better person on the planet to coach a guy like that than a Kyle Shanahan. Because he would, one, be the most talented quarterback he's probably ever had rostered. Because I think Lamar is a better talent than Matt Ryan, personally. Maybe not on the same level as a pass as a, as a pure passer. But if you gave me an offense going into next year with Trent Williams to tackle, Lamar Jackson under center, McCaffrey in the backfield, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, 
that would be tough. They would have to trade a myriad of draft picks. I think they would have to move some of the young defenders. I don't know how the deal would work. I don't know if they have enough juice or I don't know if they have the assets fully to go full in on, on a Lamar Jackson. But if Tom Brady is not in the scarlet and gold come next season, he's going to be a Raider or he's retired. There's two avenues I see him pursuing. The Niners make the absolute most sense if he wants to win another ring, which is about the only thing I expect out of him nowadays. But yeah, they can't they can't do any more seasons of this whole, well, the quarterback doesn't have to be of this caliber because the team's good. The quarterback has to be good to make it to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how good the rest of the team is because look at the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is a top 10 guy. You, you, you can't slice it any other way than that. Jalen Hurts, regardless of how you feel about him, oh, he can't throw, doesn't matter. He's a top 10 quarterback. Where he lies in that scale, it's not my problem, but he's top 10. Brock Purdy was playing at a top 10 level. I'm not going to say he's a top 10 quarterback. Jimmy G, never top 10. Trey Lance, to be decided. But they don't have time to decide. They have time to get somebody in that won't make them have to decide, if that makes sense. Because Shanahan's window has been open for the last four years, and I don't think it's going to last another four with the roster they have right now. The money won't work, and the ages are just that they're getting up there. Uh, Kittle's no younger than he was three years ago. Debo's on his second contract. They're going to have to pay Ayuk at some point in the near future. And how many healthy seasons of McCaffrey are we really going to get? It's The NFL windows close so fast. And the Niners, they went 15-5 and five this year. They won 15 games in total, and they were just one piece away, one healthy piece away. And I think they could have actually pushed for the Super Bowl. I just can't believe you would trash XFL passer rating leader Josh Johnson in 2020. I, I just can't believe you would you would say – you slander about a man who led the X- XFL in passer rating. It's unbelievable. Can't believe you. Honestly, I hate that. The Los sentence. Angeles Wildcats. I fucking hate that so much. <laughs> I'm going to pretend Look, you never said um, The problem is the, the Niners don't have a lot of movement. I don't think they have a pick until number 90 in this year. They draft. don't have a – they have a third-round pick at the earliest. Yeah, and so – so I don't even know if they have the capital to make a big move for somebody. Yeah. Um, when in reality, you kind of saw what your division rival did in the Rams. And like, granted, they went from best to worst, but they still have a ring. And in the end, that's what it's really all about. And somebody's going to pay Jimmy G more than you will. That is a, that I truly believe somebody will outbid the Niners for Jimmy Garoppolo because they You're- need his services. <laughs> You're not rostering three quarterbacks. That's well, that, the that's also thing. the thing too. It, they're in a weird spot of they spent a lot of capital to get Trey Lance when it probably should have just been Mac Jones. The I'm biggest not saying Mac Jones is better than Trey Lance, but in terms of the Kyle Shanahan system, the biggest thing I could see out of this offseason if they're going to make a move for a quarterback. So I'm just going to look at the roster currently. Um, so here's the player roster. We're looking at they're gonna have to move a couple defensive pieces. Fred Warner's untouchable. Fred Warner's the most valuable defender in football outside of some of these monster defensive tackles. Like he's the best linebacker in football, albeit 
classifying Micah Parsons is a little bit weird, but I think Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the game. Um, if they have a shot up Lamar, Trey Lance is getting moved. Trey Lance is a good enough, not a good enough prospect, but I think Trey Lance holds enough value to be the centerpiece of something, especially if Lamar is not going to sign long-term in Baltimore. Because Tyler Huntley is not a starting quarterback. Like, I get it. He plays well in stints, but he's not going to be a starter. And granted, Trey Lance is a huge gamble at this juncture, but it's better than getting nothing for Lamar Jackson. We saw it last last offseason with Devontae Adams. They tagged him, but then they, they moved him because he was not going to re-sign long-term. Well, and the thing is, too, the offense is built around guys like Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance. And obviously, Lamar has honed his craft, and he's better than Trey Lance. That's not a hot well, take. It's not even close. Technically, there's no better situation for a guy like Trey Lance than Baltimore. Fair. And Kyle was basically ready to give the keys to a Trey Lance. I don't think he's in love with Trey Lance. But the offense was effectively going to be curtailed to Trey Lance's skill set, which Lamar Jackson's the best thing. Lamar Jackson, effectively, right now, is the best version of Trey Lance you will probably ever see. And that's wishful thinking. So it would take a lot, but I think they have defensive pieces. They obviously have Trey Lance, who holds value regardless of what you think he's going to be, because I don't know what else Baltimore's going to get from somebody else besides draft picks. But Baltimore, under current construction, the draft picks mean less to them because their defense has to compete right now, which is why I don't think Lamar will move. I think they have to sign him. But why haven't they signed him yet? This is an MVP in year three. But but back to the point, um, Jimmy's not going to be on this team next year. There's just no way to slice it. Even whenever he was healthy, he got outplayed by Mr. Irrelevant himself. It's just the way that it worked. Jimmy G is going to be playing for some team in the AFC or the NFC or even being a backup because you can't roster three quarterbacks on a team that's contending right now. It's extremely difficult. And that's why I think if they were able to get a big name like Tom Brady, they're not going to get an Aaron Rodgers off the table. Green Bay is not trading him in the NFC. They want to move him, but he's not moving in the NFC. Green Bay is moving Aaron Rodgers to the highest bidder in the AFC. So... It feels like Brady or they're going to have to kick the tires on both of these guys. Yes, Purdy was really good, and the elbow should be healed in time, so they don't have to make drastic change at quarterback. I think if Purdy was healthy this game, the Eagles probably win it, but I think the Niners put up a really good fight. Because even without a quarterback in the game, Christian McCaffrey continued to make plays. And to be honest, in that that first half, it was 7-7 until Josh Johnson fumbled effectively the game away. Like there were some crucial turnovers that really flipped that game on its head. And as soon as it started to rain, it's, it's just, it started to pour. Um, Warner got injured the first play of the game. Luckily he was able to come back in. Uh, they lost, if I'm correct, Nick Bosa got hurt on a kick return. It was just one thing after another. And you hate to see it, I'll give all the credit to the Eagles in the world, but I just don't see this as them dominating the 49ers. It's it's literally just like God forbid somebody talk trash about somebody else's team. God God forbid. Good lord almighty. Twitter is such an echo chamber of, well, I heard we were gonna face the best defense in the league, and I heard this and I heard that. Well, yeah, you hear basically everything on Twitter. The best Every defense single in football. take. Every single take you can find, you will hear it on Twitter. And you could use either side with whatever result happens. 
And since you beat the Niners, you could be like, oh, well, I thought we faced the best defense in the league. You also had 38 minutes of time of possession. Exactly. You put any defense on the field for 40 minutes in a football game, they're going to surrender points. Because not only was that Eagles defense well-rested, every chance they got against the Niners after Purdy goes down, it's effectively a three-and-out situation. And anytime the Niners defense made a stand, it was one step forward and two steps back. Yeah. The most important example of that was whenever uh, they called the roughing the kicker. The guy got blocked into him. I, I, I don't know what everybody else saw, but it's like I don't know what you expect the defender to do. And granted, yeah. football's bang bang. It's really hard to make some of those calls. Um to a point to a point, Sirianni kind of outcoached Shanahan, especially with that hurry up after the Devonta Smith reception yeah. and then following that up by having his own challenge to uh cause the Brock Purdy injury that was supposed to, that was incomplete on the call, but was eventually ruled a fumble, which got them the ball back. Um I heard somewhere that the Eagles, uh, the Eagles jumbotron squad didn't show the play on the big screen above. I don't know the validity of this statement, but I heard it through uh, means on the internet. Apparently, because on most plays like that, you'll see a replay on the giant jumbotron. The coaches can look at it; and they can decide to challenge. That was never aired in stadium, so that replay was not shown. So Kyle the- obviously never saw it in terms of the angle where you could see it popped out. I'll finish the, my previous point, and then I'll get into get into that. Um, the Eagles, I've said it literally every time I've said what I'm about to say. The Eagles have an extremely talented roster and are easily one of the best constructed teams in the NFC or even the NFL. Yeah, this roster. But you can acknowledge the breaks you've gotten. It's really not that hard to acknowledge the breaks that you've had. I literally said it two weeks in a row. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles thrashed the Giants, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants upset them. What they do, they thrash the Giants because they are just at every facet of the game better than the New York Giants right now because they are simply built better. And then what happened when they faced basically the second best team in the NFC? They got Josh Johnson. Just well, that's... Them. And, and the, it For, just happens in every single sport, though, right? Availability is yeah. the best ability. We talk about it all the yeah. time. Oh, well, this team won a title because this team didn't have this certain player. These breaks happen all the time. But just well, acknowledge it. The biggest thing for me is in a season where the Niners lost every starting quarterback on their roster, I don't know how we didn't think about this possibility more in our heads because right. it feels like the most Niners thing to happen to this team is losing their guy in the final game of their season. Um, a lot, lot of penalties in this game. A lot of them sided towards the Eagles way. The Eagles were rolling, man. And when the referees are having calls go your way like that, it's impossible to stop a team like that, especially whenever you're, they had 11 completions for the game. San Francisco did it. Jalen Hurts had 15 pass attempts, 17 pass attempts. Jalen Hurts only had 25. This, the, the, this essentially was just checkers after the first, after the first half. It was basically just Philadelphia driving, Niners getting to stop them, penalty keeps the drive alive. Um, Big thing for me, Niners fans should not hang their heads. This is not the way you wanted to go out, but this is your. I I, I firmly believe your team didn't go out. What we saw Sunday was the worst case scenario, and this Niners team will go down as probably one of the best defenses not to win a championship. That's how good I felt. That's how much I – felt towards this defensive unit. They took Dallas and put them in a box for 60 minutes. That's how good 
Dallas is. I mean, they've realistically I, been one of the most unlucky teams the past three or four years. Oh, yeah. They can't catch a break, whether it was the, the dropped interception last year or the overthrow in the Super Bowl against Mahomes in 2019. They cannot. was like IR they were dead. They were dead. They led the league in IR slots. Um, if I'm an Eagles fan, congratulations. You're in the bowl. I wouldn't feel super great going against either team, either of the teams that were out in the AFC. You, I'm not saying this Eagles team is going to get blown out in the Super Bowl. I do think this Eagles team stands a good chance at beating the Chiefs, especially depending on how uh, these injuries heal up on both sides. Because yeah. Casey has Chris Jones, and the Niners are great, but Chris Jones is a lot better than any of the D tackles they have. Obviously, Nick Bose is one of the best edge guys in the league, but Frank Clark is nothing to shake a stick at. Um, the offensive line versus the D line is going to be huge for both sides of the ball, especially Casey's D line versus Philadelphia's D line. Um, I just don't know how to feel about the Eagles going into the Super Bowl because the AFC had one thing going for them, and that is the passing attacks of both of those offenses. And I'm not sure if I'm fully sold on Jalen Hurts throwing the ball in the playoffs. Like, I'll look at the Eagles versus Giants stats, but since he missed those two games due to his shoulder, I'm not sure if he's been back in terms of throwing the ball. Because has he thrown for more than 200 yards in a game? Like, yeah, he threw two touchdowns against the Giants, who, to be fair, overachieved, but they're not really um, on the – they're not on the forefront of teams that you're going to have to compete with in terms of passing the ball through the air. Because Jalen Hurts got Daniel Jones, who threw for 135 yards in a pick. Followed that up against uh, Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy. You have 11 completions for under 100 yards passing. No touchdowns, no picks. Jalen Hurts has to throw for at least 200 yards and multiple scores to keep up with Kansas City. It's got because be there's just no way. Kansas City won a game against this uh they beat so casey versus Bengals, and i'm a chargers fan i hate the fact that kansas city's in the super bowl um i i could not win in this afc matchup but you can not only not turn the ball over against this kansas city defense that plays extremely above their weight class in the secondary they are very talented and they're very young and they've grown up extremely with guys like mcduffie with uh, other guys like Jalen Watson, they have tons of rookies and like second year players in the secondary and they are playing like veterans. And that is a scary thing. And while Philadelphia has Bradbury and Darius Slay to, to pair with Hassan Reddick and Dominic and Sue, they've got a murderer's row on the defense. But if I'm getting MVS from lot this previous Sunday in the Super Bowl to pair with Travis Kelsey and a healthy Kadarius Tony, you give me another week of a healthy Mecole Hardman. You pair that with Pacheco and McKinnon out of the backfield and Sky Moore showing up. And Juju had one reception this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're telling me we're going to count on this Eagles defense to contend with a guy that can complete 30 passes for 300-plus yards and two scores, but trying to cover one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He completed passes to 10 individuals on Sunday. There are plenty of mouths that Mahomes can realistically get the ball to in this offense. 
outside of Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, and Samuel, it gets really thin for the Niners based upon who was quarterbacking and especially after Purdy went out. And I'm not even going to get started about Daniel Jones and the practice squad guys he's been throwing to all year. Besides Hodgins, it's been a bunch of guys that you can't even name. You can only say Richie James because he led the team in receptions for like all season. It, it It's not comparable. This Chiefs team is the best team they will have faced this entire season. Yep. And they have to be prepared. And this team and the Eagles have to be prepared to give up the identity of being the best rushing team in the league because Chris Jones moves bodies. Chris Jones is a double team every snap. And if you're not going to do that, he's going to swallow, swallow up holes. There's no other explanation. Yeah. And that's not me discrediting the Eagles line. It's just the truth. And yes, the Bengals line we'll get to was banged the fuck up. But Chris Jones has been doing it against everybody. He's literally, he, he could win defensive player of the year this year. And that is incredibly difficult for defensive tackles, especially ones not named Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have the best line in the league, and I don't think that's particularly close. In in a game where you a lot of people are complaining about protect your superstar quarterback, the Eagles are really the only one that are doing it the best, honestly. Yep. The Cowboys are getting a little better at it, but not not as much as they used to be. Like we have easily the best right guard in the game, but Tyron Smith doesn't doesn't play often. Tyler Smith is very new, Biotish, McGovern. Like it's not what it used to be for sure. But the Eagles arguably are doing it the best out of everybody. And they showed it because Hertz didn't wasn't really under a lot of pressure. Obviously, they went up against the best um rush defense in the league and that showed for a little while until they kind of just fell apart started making stupid penalties trying to get a leg up one way or another because they just didn't have anything left 38 minutes is an enormous number that you cannot find in most games it is an insane difference in time of possession you don't see it very often at all in terms of kyle not challenging the Devontae smith play I'm sorry, but on fourth down, I'm I'm doing it. It's the first half. In my opinion, first half timeouts are not irrelevant, but they're much less valuable, especially when you deferred. It just doesn't make sense to me not to challenge the play there, especially when the Eagles are already rushing, or at least call a timeout and give yourself a chance to look at it. Yes, you lose a timeout regardless if you lose the challenge, but it, it just seems like kind of a boneheaded move in that situation for me. I, I, I don't know. But timeouts just don't seem as valuable in the first half, and you kind of can afford to lose one. Yeah, it's early. It's the first drive of the game, but it's fourth down. If it was third down, maybe it's different because this, this Eagles team goes for it on practically every fourth down ever. But on fourth and three, when you can get the ball back and stop Philly on their first drive of the game, that's huge. And it changes the entire script of the game. Maybe Brock doesn't get hurt and we can just go down an entire rabbit hole of what ifs. Obviously what happened happened. And that's not, that's not arguable at this point, but the game was over when Brock Purdy got hurt. That's not close. It looked okay for a minute with McCaffrey doing his best impression of carrying the Carolina Panthers like he did. Um, but at some point, my man's calf just doesn't work at some point. <laughs> So yeah. I think an I think a very important wrinkle to understand with both of these teams 
the best teams won in each conference. They were the one seeds Literally. for a reason. The one seed fucking matters. We have this conversation every year. It's why you play for the one seed. Um, but to to be completely transparent and completely honest, in terms of the best teams always making it every year, this is one of the first years we've had both one seeds make the uh, Super Bowl. Another caveat, the best ability is availability. And out of all the teams in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs, under current constraints of teams and their uh, current players on injured reserved, are two of the most fortunate. Granted, everybody else has been sent home. But at the time they were sent home, we have a list of players that are current players on the reserve by the end of their last game or up to the current week of this season. Kansas City has six players on reserve. Philadelphia has six. On the year, Philadelphia has 14 and Casey has eight. Those are both marks that put them in the top percentage of the season in terms of least amount of players lost to injury and especially injured reserve this season. The healthiest teams tend to win more games yep. and they've both been incredibly healthy at which helped them get here. Um, we talked about the Niners and their injuries and we can get into the next game with uh, Cincinnati and their injuries. And it's not going to take anything away from Casey or Philadelphia. It's just another caveat that needs to be understood like yeah the teams that can field their best versions of themselves tend to win games it's a game of inches regardless of how you're going to look at it whether you want to blame officiating or say this wasn't fair nothing's fair nothing is fair object objectivity does not exist in professional sports because human beings are not objective there's no objectivity to anything unless it's science and even then it, there's skews that get involved so People can complain all they want about this weekend. I thought the officiating was god-awful across the board, and that's not just this weekend. I think officiating at large in the NFL as soon as the wild card weekend kicked off was garbage. And it got better even, maybe even week by week. All season. It's been We're talking absolutely about terrible. It's terrible. been absolutely terrible. And I don't know if there's a – I don't know if there's a solution I don't in think the near there future. Is. There really isn't, unless we're going to go full robot ups like baseball is trying to implement – which I don't know if you can in the NFL. I don't think you can do it in basketball either. There's well, so much every nuance. time they've tried to implement something like reviewing past interference, it didn't work. It was a waste of yeah. time. It there is I don't know what you can do to fix the officiating because well you can't. Like look at the Buffalo versus Miami game where Skylar Thompson almost willed them to a victory. Like that game almost took five hours. It felt like like four hours. Like yeah, that's it was a four hour rest. game. You put you put robots in charge of that, and it's I just the product is the product. It sucks whenever it affects your team. It feels good whenever it doesn't affect your team. Um, take it from me, a Charger fan. Yeah, we gave up a twenty-seven point lead, but there were some huge calls in that game that gave Jacksonville insane field position, and we lost. But if you want to win football games, you don't put it in the referee's hands. Well, you don't put it in the, the hands of officiating. The NFL isn't rigged. Grow up. It's If you don't like it, don't watch it. It's really not that hard of a concept to grasp all together. To say that the NFL is rigged is a joke and just shows that you've wasted your time trying to watch and understand football because you just flat out don't understand football. You want to talk about, oh, well, they missed a block in the back on the punt return. Okay, so what happened when Burrow threw two picks? What happened when KC got 
a touchdown pulled off the board. Oh, Trey Hendricks got hold. Every single rusher gets held every single play of their entire life. Micah Parsons, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Trey Hendrickson, literally Max Crosby. They all get chokehold every single play. And you're yelling for the flag. Why isn't there holding? Why isn't there holding? We've been doing this for years, and we will continue to do the same thing over and over. Watch every single NFL play there is, there's holding. It, it's it's just as easy as that. It's really not that hard. Um, it. <laughs> And you want to say you want to say, oh well, yeah. If Burrow played perfect, he could have won. Well, welcome to the AFC Championship, where you pretty much have to play pretty damn perfect to beat the number one seed. Well, don't let the referees be in charge of your fate. Don't shove you, Patrick Mahomes when he's out of bounds. If you think it's rigged, stop watching. Why would you it's watch? Why would you watch a product that you think is not that, that's fraudulent? The big the, like at, at the end of the day, professional sports are nothing more than entertainment for people like you and I, for people that are talking heads on networks. Besides the people that are actually partaking in the sport, whether you be a coach, trainer, athlete, that that is a professional sport. That is that that is competition. But for us to sit here and say that it's rigged is it, it's it's disrespectful to everybody that's trying to make this thing. If it trying that, that plays a part in the process. Because we're not only calling out the referees, we're calling out the coaches and the players and the commissioner and the owners. It's it's disrespectful to it as a whole, which you can be disrespectful all you want. You pay money to support these teams, whether it be through merchandise, tickets, cable subscriptions. doesn't matter to me. But if I were so dead set on the fact that a sport was rigged, why the fuck am I going to watch it? If I already know it's predetermined, like, I feel if it's... If At I the want of the day, determined sports, I'll watch the WWE. And even at that point, if it's predetermined, sure, but it's it, it's still athletic ability. Now, like the biggest thing about all of the NFL's rigged thing is, so what? So what? You going to change it? Going to get Roger Goodell fired? If if you have a problem with the product, the best way to the best way to speak your voice is stop watching it. If it's rigged, can it be rigged for my team? Like it was in the nineties. It, it, it fair, fair, but I wasn't alive for that. If the NFL's rigged, you would think it has been rigged since the inception of the league. Miami Dolphins, were they undefeated or was it just rigged? <laughs> Guess we'll never know. We'll never know. That because that, that that that's the biggest thing. Is like, Eli yeah, Manning a Hall of Famer or was the Super if Bowl rigged against Brady? If there's anyone that would sit here and say the NFL's rigged, talk to a Chargers fan. Everything that's ever happened to our franchise <laughs> either involves Hall of Fame level play or heartbreaking losses. And we don't have a championship. We've got numerous Hall of Famers. We've got league leading offenses. Doesn't matter. Did 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 the NFL make Blair Walsh miss the kick for the Vikings? Did uh, the NFL tell Marcus Williams to? tackled the air when Stefan Diggs led the uh, Vikings to an NFC title game. Oh, wait. Um, well, well, let's talk about it. Did the NFL push Patrick Mahomes out of bounds? No. Thoughts and prayers to Joseph Osai. He played a hell of a game. You hate whenever it comes down to something like that. He didn't lose the Bengals the game. Like, sure, it got them in field goal range. But we're a year removed from Patrick Mahomes taking the entire city. Hold on. Hold on. Of, let's, uh, let's, just do, let's do an exercise together. Let's talk about oh, um, like let's talk about a game. Odd-ception. 
Let's talk about a game. It's a podcast within a podcast. Do you want to talk about... That shit was making me dizzy. Want to talk about uh, you want to talk about it being rigged? Tell a Saints fan. Tell a Saints fan it's rigged because it's definitely rigged against them. Yeah, it's (laughs) like there's there's so we got four 15 minute quarters. There's 60 minutes in every NFL game. If you can't make it undeniable within those 60 minutes then either team deserves to lose. Like you got, you, you've got 60 minutes to close out a game. And anybody could have told you this, uh, this game between the Bengals and the chiefs is going to be whoever gets the ball last probably wins. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Literally. And it'd be one thing if Casey didn't beat them in every metric of the game besides rushing yards. They average more yards per play. They put up more total yards. They had more passing yards. Ooh, they had more first downs. You want to know who had more? You know, want to know who converted on third down more often? Kansas City. Um, they were the same on fourth down. Who ran more plays? Kansas City. Um, who allowed less sacks? Kansas City. Um, who punted more? Both of them punted four times. Wow. Who had more penalties? It wasn't Kansas City. Um, fumbles lost. Casey lost one. But guess what? They didn't lose the turnover battle, and they won picks. time of possession. Like, there's a lot of things we can point to about what lost the Bengals this game. And I don't think Joseph Osai pushing Mahomes out of bounds is the leader on that list. I don't think I, – I think the Tyler Boyd injury has a bigger effect on the Bengals' outlook than Osai pushing Mahomes out. Because I think the Bengals with Tyler Boyd are way harder to contend with than the Bengals without Tyler Boyd. Because the game essentially went to, we're going to double Jamar, and we're going to kind of try and shade on T. Higgins. And if Hayden Hurst has three or four receptions, so be it. Like, And we're not going to sit here and act like KC wasn't dealing with stuff. Mahomes is on one and a half angles. Kelsey's coming off of back spasms all week. Kadarius Tony was lost after the first two drives of the game. They were relying upon a rookie receiver in Sky Moore to be a safety valve for Mahomes and stretches. Um if it weren't for MVS, the Chiefs probably lose this game. And you're telling me that the Bengals secondary, which is relatively healthy, couldn't cover Marquez Valdez-Scantling? So I know sure as hell the Niners defense did it last year. And that's whenever Devontae Adams is sharing the field with them. And, um, and here's, here's the funny thing. like I tweeted yeah. it out yesterday. I, I kind of ran it by Devin first. You were on a rampage. Something. You were on a rampage. I, I'm always on a rampage. That's my secret. I tweeted out, the NFL is rigged is code for my favorite team lost today because we are in we are in the cycle for the umpteenth time. If your team loses, it, there's no way they got outplayed. It must have been officiating. Now, how, I don't know how many times I've said this today. The NFL is not rigged, but officiating is awful. It yeah. is a massive problem. It does determine the outcome of games at times. But to say something is rigged means that it was determined from the start that so-and-so was going to win this game. That just just doesn't happen. Referees influence games, unfortunately. Do I have to pull it up again? (laughs) Des caught it. Like, where where do you want me to go with, with referees 
influencing the outcome of games. It happens all the time because teams fall into a position where that can happen because they just simply didn't put him away. Joe Burrow could have put the game away and never gave Mahomes the ball back. I'm going to tell you something. 100% a situation. I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, as as fans of teams that both lost in tragic ways this offseason or this current season, whether it be Zeke hiking Every the ball season. to Dak Prescott and getting sent to the shadow realm or uh, Trevor Lawrence coming back from the worst half in his football playing career, probably for the rest of his career. Um, there's not, a, I don't think we've ever said that it was rigged. I don't think I've ever outwardly said it's rigged in my entire life whenever it comes to a sporting event. Um, yeah. And this Chargers versus Jags game, the Chargers got penalized four more times than the Jags did. Very similar to a discrepancy of five between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Like, penalties are penalties, um, some more justifiable than others, but the yellow is going to fly. If if the flags weren't thrown, the refs shouldn't even need to be out there. You would just need people can to spot I, Can feet. I also say um, nobody ever compare Skylar Thompson's hit to Patrick Mahomes' hit again because, Devin, you've said it before. Please say it again. Superstars. Yep. Oh, superstar players get superstar calls. Justin Fields got murdered about like 65 times. Like it's the whole, <laughs> if you're an NBA fan, um, people were like, well, LeBron has to earn that call whenever he got smacked on the arm by Jason Tatum that led to overtime and a Lakers loss. I was pissed. The league's not rigged. But superstar players get superstar calls within reason. But no, you, 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 you cannot push. The, Herbert got the call in, in, in a week. Like it, if – if a quarterback is giving themselves up out of bounds, we saw it in the Eagles game. Jalen Hurts gets that call. Purdy would have gotten that call. Um, there's a call where Frank Clark touched Joe Burrow and he fell down after he'd gotten rid of the ball. Totally different than what happened to Mahomes on that play. Burrow's standing in the pocket. He rolls backwards. Um, Mahomes is running full speed. Is shoved. They connect feet. He's already injured a bit with his other ankle. And he slides a good like 10, 15 feet on the sideline. Like they are moving quickly. And Osai, I feel bad for the dude. It's physically impossible to stop whenever you're going that speed it's at a, that size. It's a bang, bang play in the moment. And it just and happened they, to unfortunately be him. Yeah, yeah. It could have happened to anybody. But even looking at like this Cowboys versus Niners game, you have a discrepancy in penalties of four. Were you sitting here saying the refs are out to get you? No. Certain teams are undisciplined. Hell, I'll look up the Bengals playoff games all all postseason. Well, actually, Bengals the referees versus are out Ravens. To get us, but uh, Bengals Ravens <laughs> NFC Wild Card round. Let me see the let me see the, let me see the penalties. The Bengals had seven penalties to Baltimore's four. Are we going to see a trend here? Let me pull up Bengals versus Bills. I, I'm just saying, if your team tends to be out penalizing other teams, the the Buffalo Bills had a rough day. Eight to two. Eight to two. Oh. Oh. Good Lord. But in a majority of playoff games, the Bengals are at they're they're getting penalized more than the other team. But it wasn't a problem against Baltimore because you won. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I get I get what you're saying. Hell, I'm just fuck it. I'm gonna pull up the Cincinnati Bengals schedule. We're going hard. They had seven in week two against the Cowboys. Okay. Five five in week three against the Jets. 
How far how far can we take this? Six against the Dolphins week four. How far how far are we going here? Only four against the Ravens in week five. So they have better weeks than others. Shocking. Three against the Saints. Makes sense. But when's it gonna rear its ugly head again? Five against the the Falcons. So they're they're meet, they're probably middle of the road. It seems like five against the Panthers. They had the fourth least penalties in the entire league this year based upon total number of penalties. Fourth fourth lowest total. The only teams that had less penalties than they did this this uh, NFL season were the Bears, Rams, and Falcons. Uh, the Chiefs, Ravens, and Chargers were right above them. Or the Chargers were tied with the Bengals for least amount of penalties against them. So, so the Bengals are surprisingly disciplined, and yet they had a bad game. And it, it, it just—I think the people's biggest problem is the the non-call on the punt. It, it's the non-calls that. And but the thing is, you have to understand. I'm not even going to talk about the third and nine. That one is so easily debunked; it's not even close. The referee was literally running onto the field before the ball was snapped. It, it, it's it's not that hard to see. Like, he literally was blowing the play dead before Kelsey even caught the ball. That one's not particularly close. They ended up punting the ball anyways. So what did it even matter? And somebody tried to say, oh, it, t- it took a minute off the clock. Cool, it took a minute off the clock for Burrow to give Mahomes less time. So literally, that's to your advantage more than anything. Um, hell, Samaji Pirine outsnapped Joe Mixon 43-23. to 23. That's insane. Yeah, that's well, insane. no, Joe Mixon can't pass protect. And Chris Jones, <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan has a better chance of stopping Frank Clark than Joe Mixon ever would. <laughs> um, so, JPA Football on Twitter tweets, oh, rumors. God. People around the league believe that the officiating is the worst that it's been in a long time, maybe ever, ever per Adam Schefter. You and I agree upon this. If, if, if you come in our mentions. It's literally not that. Like, there's I no try to give I the benefit of the doubt to sports in general, hockey, basketball, baseball, football, watching these guys play as fast as they do in real time, it's it's tough to see shit. It, it's, yeah. it is not easy. It's not an easy job. Yeah, But they have been egregious for years. Yeah, it's been, ba- it's years been terrible. On it's been terrible. And, like, and somebody, tried to t- somebody tried to bring up the, Jag- the Jaguars in New England game in 2017. First of all, I'm not going to watch a game from six years ago for to know that officiating has got awful. It's not rigged. It, it it's literally, oh, God, Tom Brady got the benefit of the doubt for the umpteen time. Tom Brady's been getting the benefit of the doubt for 20 years. They saw it this year when they played the Falcons. Like, it, the referee's favoring Tom Brady? Wow, I haven't seen that before. It, there's just these points that people want to bring up because their team lost and put them in a bad position for officiating to lose them the game. It's just not It's not feasible. Yeah. Well, the thing is, as bad as officiating is, it's not like they're getting different crews for different individual teams. They're all oh, dealing let's bring with the back same replacement refs. refs. That went so well last time. That went so well. Replacement refs. We solved it. That's it. We're done. The show yeah, is just... over. The, the podcast is discontinued. We have solved officiating. Roger, we're going to wait on the check. Yeah, it's... I say we dive. Go ahead.
Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and it's not particularly close. You can argue amongst yourself who is number two. It's Mahomes yeah. and everyone else. It, it's I don't know how many times we have to say it. Five straight AFC championships going to the Super Bowl for the third time in those five years. His second MVP is on the way. What's Joe Burrow? Did I beat him three times? Cool. Where's well, that's MVP? another thing. That's why Where's I predicted ring? KC was going to win. The biggest thing about the whole Bengals versus Chiefs is like we always talk about it's incredibly hard to beat a good team twice, let alone three times. It's impossible to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team four times in a row, regardless of who it is. The only player that's ever had his number is Tom Brady, and he left the conference as soon as he realized, oh, shit, it's Mahomes' conference. Um, Well, the Browns Browns have beat Joe Burrow three out of four times. So the Browns, Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield are better than Joe Burrow. That's just just simple logic. The Colts beat the Chiefs. So realistically, Matt Ryan should be in the Super Bowl right now with Jeff Saturday. Yeah, the only two players to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs are Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. He is not, he's 10 and 3 in the playoffs. He is 10 and 3. He has hosted five straight AFC championship games. The only other player to host more AFC title games in his career is Tom Brady at seven. Mahomes is 27 years old. He's 20, he's 27 years old. He didn't start his first year. There's not another team that I can say off the top of my head that is convincing me that he is not going to be hosting the AFC championship game for the next five years. Because the big question around the Chiefs this year was, oh my God, they had to subsidize it a bit because, you know, Tyree Kill had to leave and they can't afford to pay everybody. Oh no. Mahomes has his bag and that's about the only thing that matters in KC. If Andy Reid's still the coach and Spagnuolo is still calling the plays on defense, um, they don't, they, they, they lost Javarius Ward. They lost, um, they lost a lot of key pieces. Tyron Matthew left. They replaced him with yeah, Eric. Tyron Reed. Matthew. Um, Legarius Sneed stepped big into his role. They outdrafted everybody in their division, for lack of better terms. Um, that was a team that traded away Tyreek Hill and recouped on the defensive end through that trade with guys like George Karloftis, who fell incredibly, according to our mock, and Trent McDuffie, who's been one of the best corners outside of Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen this year. They added guys like Jalen Watson who was relatively unknown until he took a pick six to the house against Justin Herbert. This team is good because of the GM and the coaching staff. This team is great, and this team is all world because of Patrick Mahomes. The offense, it doesn't matter who's receiving, who's going to be catching passes. Juju's on a one-year deal. MVS, I don't know how long he's inked to, but Mahomes took a guy that couldn't even – Break a thousand yards with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let's let's just look at the Chiefs uh, team stats, dude. I don't even think he could break five hundred yards with Aaron Rodgers. It felt like I don't think he I don't think he sniffed eight hundred. I could be wrong, but I'll look it up right now. Prove me wrong. Not can you, can you also name not to trash Joe Burrow, but I just want to get this conversation in perspective. Could you name another quarterback who's been to two straight AFC championships? Off, just off the top of your head. A quarterback's been a two straight. Oh, <laughs> our conversation pre-podcast. Mark Sanchez. Um, there, there, there's a player that we uh, all knew and loved. Uh, we knew and loved him throughout the early 2010s. He had a really solid head coach and some of the best defenses in the league. 
in the earliest parts of his career, and he did start in two AFC Championship games. Granted, Burrow did win one. Sanchez, the Sanchez never made it to the bowl, but hate to see it. History repeats itself. Burrow's a better player than Mark Sanchez. I'm not going to talk Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow, the talent. I he's will. the best. He had the single best passing season in college football history. Arguably the best season ever in college football history, whether he's passing or not. Joe Burrow's plenty talented, but I don't know if he can do what Mahomes did this season whenever they have to finally nickel and dime it. Once the Burrow extension kicks in, I'm not sure if I trust Cincinnati's front office and coaching staff to maximize himself without yeah. the full slew of weapons. Because Jamar Chase is going to reset the market. Let's not act like that's not going to happen. Justin Jefferson, who's the best receiver on the planet, Jamar has been stride for stride damn near. If he doesn't get hurt this year, he's probably right on uh, Jefferson's butt in terms of like overall statistics. Yeah. Because as good as Jeff Jefferson is, Jamar broke his record last year. And that's with a full year off of football. Jamar Chase is insanely good. And he is going to reset the receiver market whenever he's due. I think T. Higgins might get traded at some point because I think they're going to have to reinvest in the defense. They're going to have some pieces that are going to have to walk or retire. Um, I, I just... I don't know, man. It, it's it's really tough. The AFC is as competitive as it's ever been. And granted, the uh, Bengals division probably gets easier if Lamar leaves. But that's not to say that Deshaun Watson doesn't take a step again this coming season with uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, it's, it's a magical run for uh, Cincinnati back-to-back years. But it's not going to get any easier. And that was the biggest thing with Casey. We thought it was going to be the most difficult year they've had. And for lack of better terms, they coasted. And yes, this game was incredibly hard fought and they pulled it out. But at this stage of the year, you're going to have to pull out the big games. And I don't think there's another quarterback I have more faith in pulling it out than Patrick Mahomes. Because if he has semblance of an offensive line, he's going to put you in positions to win. Only time I saw him get just completely outplayed, and he didn't even get outplayed, was against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. They just got to him and his receivers dropped passes and it was just ugly. It was over before. Pressure it makes a difference. Yep. And you know, Mahomes is pressured on 40% of his dropbacks yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, I saw a stat he was pressured on like 40% of his dropbacks. You should. Yeah, I, I could Mark has Valdez Scantling ever had in a season with 690. Mm-hmm. He finished this season with 687. He had career highs in targets and receptions. Only thing he didn't have career highs in besides that was uh, yards and touchdowns. But. His catch percentage was up from last year, almost at a career high, 52%. I like Valdez Scantling moving forward. I I, I, I liked the it's signing just, whenever it happened. This pushes the narrative more that we we all counted Patrick Mahomes out without Tyreek Hill, this and that. The AFC West was supposed to be the best division in football, and arguably it was close to one of the worst outside of the, the Chargers kind of making a good push at the end and getting in the wildcard spot. But the Raiders were terrible. The Broncos, the Broncos, it just, Patrick Mahomes continues to prove it to us every single year. And just, I'm done doubting him. I doubt, I'm done picking against him. He's going to lose games in the regular season, just like everybody else. He's going to lose playoff games, just like everybody else, just like Brady. Brady lost playoff games. Brady lost Super Bowls. We've been here before. I'm not going to say Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I don't think we will ever see somebody win as much as Tom Brady did. It's hard to say. The closest we're going to get is Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have to win it this year, and he's going to have to go on a run where he wins three in a row. 
But in terms of, I think and that's only five. I think Mahomes be five be, rings. I think the thing for Mahomes is he's going to, if he can play, because he's got one, two, three, four, five. This is his sixth. So he's played five years in the league. This is his fifth year as a starter. Six years in the league, fifth year as a starter. He's been to the championship every single time. Five straight years of the AFC championship. He's cur- He currently has almost 200 touchdown passes and tw- almost 25,000 passing yards. If he replicates this five years with his next five years, by the time we're talking about year 15, he is going to be rivaling some of the best to ever throw a football. He currently is in terms of his – he's averaging 66.3 completion percentage for his career. His touchdown percentage is 6.4. His interception percentage is 1.6. This man does nothing – but throw the ball in an elite way. His career yards per game is 303. I mean, he's um, realistically with the extra game probably on set to get near 100,000 yards. And Brady isn't isn't even at 90 yet. And Brady will easily break 90 if he plays another season. He's at 89 to 14, but Patrick so, Mahomes is going to be the closest thing of our generation next to Tom Brady and we just happen to be lucky enough that it's basically back to back. To put things into perspective, Patrick Mahomes so far in his career has the NFL record for passing yards per game. Sample size is limited based upon, obviously, the length of his career. But the only other three guys that are close currently are Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Herbert's averaging 287.5 per game, three years in the league. Burrow's played two full seasons. He's at 280.3. You discount those two, you're putting him alongside names. The next five names. I'll get so I'll give you. I'm going to give you the top ten in terms of most passing yards per game for their entire career. Mahomes, then Mahomes has two 303 yards a game. Next closest is Drew Brees at 280. Andrew Luck 275.2. Stafford at 272.7. Manning at 270.5. Ryan at 268.3. Brady at 266.3. Kirk Cousins is 261.5. If he's able to give us a Brady adjacent between if he gives us the years between if he if he can land between Drew Brees and Tom Brady in terms of the length of his career, or even Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, if he sits between 16 to 20 years, there's not a single record he will not touch aside from Super Bowls. He is the only chance we have of seeing someone in this generation break Manning's five MVPs. Or even match it. Yeah. Because Peyton put up five. And Peyton put up an MVP in his like age 38 season. It's crazy to think about. And not only did Mahomes improve upon last year, he lost his best weapon, depending on who you talk to, because Tyreek Hill was the best wide receiver in Kansas City. And it wasn't close. He threw more touchdowns, threw less picks, threw 10 less passes on the year, but he finished the year with 400 more yards. Make I mean, it if make you it. even think about it, the past, basically from 2000 on, has just been generational type talent. Brady, both Mannings. Granted, Eli obviously has much less accolades, but still Eli Manning. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Um, where, where do I even keep going? Um, Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre. Granted, he started in the 90s, but and now we're jumping into Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar. 
Um, who else? Hertz. Hertz is starting to ascend there. We'll see as the years move on if he can sustain what he's doing now, which with the talent around him, he easily could. It'll just be iffy, of course, when these quarterbacks start getting paid. Granted, the salary cap is going higher, but so is every single contract. I remember when people absolutely lost their shit when the Cowboys paid Dak Prescott $40 million a year. I'm not saying it's a good contract, but now he's the 10th highest paid quarterback in the league. In a matter of three years. The price is always going up. The best contract is the one you signed today. Just point blank. The money's not going to dry up unless everybody that's talking about the NFL and watching it shuts up. And I hate to break it to everybody. We're not going to stop. And to everybody that's listening, you obviously aren't either. So, yeah, the caps, the, the, the cap doesn't exist. The Rams proved that you can just give that's it all in signing bonus. Ask the Saints. The, it's like whose line is it anyway? Where the uh, the cap the cap doesn't exist and the, you know, the salaries don't matter. It, it It's crazy. It's yeah, I, I'm excited and for a uh, cool caveat. This is the first time ever we'll have two black quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl. Yeah, first that time ever two black dope. quarterbacks. Yeah, 100%. This is a league where for decades, um, people have been, I don't know what the issue has been over time, but black quarterbacks seem to have had a tougher time catching on in the league. And yeah, it speaks for itself. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes were the two best players in the NFL at the position. Um, that's a reason why they're probably going to finish one and two in MVP this year. Um, unless Jeff Jefferson supplants uh, Hurts in the ranking. Playing more games. Just based on playing more games, and he had an incredible season. Um, if, if Cup didn't win it last year, the quarterback's going to get it the next decade. Uh, which is another reason why I think Mahomes has a real shot to break that record. Um, but yeah, no, um, it, it it's a new league and it's cool because the Eagles are what Mahomes and the Chiefs were that first year they won. Rookie scale contract, incredibly talented player, murderers row of a roster, absolutely just yeah. decked out. And if the Chiefs can win this one, I can't give you an adequate excuse as to why they're not going to win the next three. Genuinely. It, it would take catastrophic injuries or the next of Mahomes being plopped onto a roster that's made to win right now. And there is, I, I, I could say this with confidence, there is not a next Mahomes. There's going to be some good talent coming out of the drafts in the coming years. They're, they're, we have never seen somebody like him, and I don't know if we ever will. Because if we were going to, it would have happened. You know, the thing is, we all, a lot of us, picked the Bills to win it all. I picked the Chargers. I'm a homer. Respect that. (laughs) But a lot of us picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Why? Because Josh Allen only made $4 million this season. Guess how much he makes this coming year? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Mahomes, uh, well, Burrow and Herbert will make their rookie scales, I think, the next two years, and their extensions will kick in where they're going to make, like, 40 to 50 million. Nah, don't pay Herbert. The craziest part is we talk about – 
We're paying Herbert. You shut your mouth, Austin. Because um, as, as someone that's been spoiled with like top 10 QB play his entire life as a football fan, I know what it's like to watch teams that don't have top. No, you're not doing this. Rivers retired top five in yards and touchdowns. Don't care. <laughs> don't have to put him top 10 all the time. You're going to respect the damn grind. Um, but <laughs> we talk about it in fantasy year in and year out. Fantasy football is diametrically different from uh, real football. But the best fantasy quarterbacks tend to yield pretty good results in real football on average. The separation in fantasy football between QB1 and QB10, it's very minimal compared to other positions. I don't think there's a bigger inverse in terms of like impact on the field and real football and impact on a fantasy football roster than the quarterback position. If that makes sense, because at quarterback, the total point skew will be, you know, within 15 to like 50 tight end. It's like 110 points between tight end one, tight end two. But in the NFL, I don't think there's a better advantage than having Patrick Mahomes on your roster. Mahomes is the closest thing we've seen to Peyton Manning. He's a guaranteed 12 wins, regardless of who you put around him. And if Mahomes were to miss a season, this Chiefs team will be picking in the top three. It's what we saw in 2011 with Peyton Manning and why they got Andrew. Amen. Amen. Anything is possible. Patrick Mahomes is the single most dominant player the NFL has seen offensively since Peyton Manning. And you know how I feel about Peyton. He's the second best quarterback ever. Yeah. And And that's coming from a Chargers fan. This is a man that has been tortured by Brady, who's been tortured for the last five years by Patrick Mahomes. My team's not winning a division title for the foreseeable future. And we're going to try our best to win a bowl out of the wild card. But (laughs) the Death Star has been built, and they're just renovating year in and year out. And I don't think Andy Reid built a uh, kill switch in this thing. How old is Andy Reid? In his 70s? At a certain point, 64. Okay, he can do it for a long time. I thought he was 70. I'm sorry, Andy. (laughs) I wasn't familiar with your game. <laughs> this game is cheeseburgers, dude. How'd you not know that, dude? So Andy Reid, how how long has Andy Reid been coaching the uh, Chiefs? I think close. Oh, the Chiefs? No, I, I think close to a decade at this point. Yeah, he got hired in 2013, so it's been 10 years. <sighs> that hurts my heart. That's He's a monster. It's messed He's up. A menace Death- to society. Death taxes and Andy Reid being better than your head coach. Like it's hey, some hill vulture touchdowns. He would have had a Super Bowl if it weren't for uh, it, it, genuinely. If it weren't for the Patriots, he'd have four by this point, or he'd be going for number four. Be going for number four. If it weren't for Tom Brady, right? That's if it weren't for Tom, if it if it were not for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, he would have four Super Bowls because he would have beaten Brady in Tampa. Would have won in Philadelphia that one year whenever they lost to the Patriots. Already beat um, one year. He'd be going for number five. A- Andy Reid is a master class. I think offensively he's one of the best minds you've ever seen as an NFL head coach. And his longevity speaks to that fact. Yeah. Like, man. And he's coaching in my division. At least we got Kellen Moore. So, you know, again, I need a – I need a kazoo sound effect for this sound. Yeah, don't board. worry. We got Nick Sirianni, Brian Dable, Mike McCarthy, and Ron Rivera. Just an absolute murderer's row of head coaches. And by murderer's well, row, meaning I want to kill them all. 
Well, the Broncos are being coached by the ghost of Vic Fangio and uh, the essence of Nathaniel Hackett. Nobody wants that Denver job, which is hilarious. And Josh McDaniel sucks. So, you know, Brandon Staley, at least you're among a good company outside of Andy Reid. I seriously don't know who's going to be the head coach of Denver. now. With well, D'Amico Ryan, Ryan said... D'Amico Ryan said no thank you to a team that has supposedly a top 15 quarterback. Granted, he's going to have Bryce Young. And one of the best defenses for a defensive-minded man. Yeah. I chose Houston instead. And I don't think anybody should pick Houston until they actually build the roster because I feel like everybody's just going to be a scapegoat. Wow. I mean, yeah, but at least D'Amico feels like an actual decent hire that could stick around for more than a year. Uh, you know, Coley and Levy Smith were never going to stick around for more than a year. So my favorite thing to do on Twitter is look at these Chargers stats where Justin Herbert is the only quarterback in NFL history to have 13,000 passing yards over the first three seasons and has 102 total touchdowns, which are the most by a player in his first three seasons. I'd like to thank Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for sitting out his first year because Herbert would be second in a majority of these categories for the first three years. True. But, man, I y- you love to see it. It's the thing I cling on to whenever it comes to Herbert being top five. Because he is. He is. I know what you're thinking. How's he top five? He just is. Look at the numbers. Follow the numbers and see where it goes. Outside of Allen Burrow and Mahomes, I'm not going to put anybody above him right now. Trevor Lawrence, he's done it for a year. That's cool. Herbert's been putting up stats every year, and he had a torn labrum and destroyed ribs. The ribs were broken for the entirety of the year. After week two, that dude was playing on eggshells. So, And Joe Lombardi was his coordinator, so temper expectations. But I'm pumped for the Super Bowl. I don't know if y'all are, if your team lost. You know, there's always next year. Welcome. We've not, been expecting you. And if there's not next year, then, you know, Crack open a beer, just enjoy the game. The commercials will be cool. I'm excited for the opening Super Bowl. day is like 58 days away. So there you go. I thought any, any of the matches were going to be good. I was looking forward to a Niners Chiefs uh, rematch. I just, I don't know. That Niners offense under the bright lights looks super cool. They're super efficient. The defense is the best in football. It's it's going to be it's going to be a drag race in the Super Bowl. First to 30 wins. Personally, I think the Eagles can put up points. I know the Chiefs can. And I think both defenses are good, but I think both are going to give up points. We can preview it more next week for sure. Yeah. A couple more weeks, and then it'll be all fantasy, all the and time. Draft. And draft. My mock draft numbers. skills are so primed. I've been mocking everybody. I've been literally just going team by team. Like, what what works? <laughs> At this point, I've drafted uh, Noah Sewell to, like, six teams. He's my favorite third-round pick for anyone that needs a linebacker. Such a good value. Oh, man. So next week, we'll probably just preview the Super Bowl for the most part. Might be a earlier episode, a shorter episode. Just kind of give our thoughts. The week after, obviously, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, you know, I, I guess. We, next week, should actually do, like, an all-time Pro Bowl roster. Which is no different than like an all-time NFL team, but we should do something funny for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, because we God knows the Pro Bowl ain't going to be watchable. Yeah. So, and our days might change. Congratulations, Devin. He has a new job now. Yes. Don't say where yes. so you don't stalk him like a weirdo. Um, but he does have a new job, so yes. things might change. 
we might start earlier, we might start later. Actually, we can't start I later. Think, I'm, I'm off my I'm off my ass. I think I think the day should be good to stay the same for a little bit here. Um, if there's any changes, we'll obviously look to the Twitter. Um, turn on post notifications. Turn on uh, video notifications so you can know when we're going live. We all we'll always send out an announcements to keep the schedule as up to date as possible. If you can't catch the shows, you can always find the video archives on YouTube. You can always check us out on Spotify. It's one of my jobs for the pod. I port the audio because you know I'm not an audio engineer, but it sounds cool whenever I say it. So call me what you will, but please don't call me broke. As you can tell, Devin did not get a new job in IT. Um, that that much you can probably surmise. Um, but yeah, if you can't watch it on YouTube, it's on Spotify. It's always on Spotify. It's always been on Spotify. What are you doing? And if you don't have Spotify, find us on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have us on those two for- forums, I don't know. Just go to Spotify.com. How are you even there. watching us right now? Like, How are you even hearing any of this? I can't Honestly. get it on my CRT TV. Oh, well, buy, buy, buy a fire stick and an HDMI converter. Buy a fire stick, he says. It's just be like, hey, Alexa. Oh, I forgot I have one on my desk. Go away. Um, <laughs> so, two more weeks of football. Uninteresting, rigged, garbage. Absolute trash. Can't believe you watch it. Terrible product. Two more weeks of covering that. It's going to be all dynasty all the time. Quarterback rankings, yep. running back rankings, wide receiver, tight end. Um, probably do some mock drafts just for fun because that's always fun. Um, yeah. We'll talk about trades, values, this and that. You can throw questions at us in the chat. We're always here to answer your questions, getting ready for the 2023 season, free agency, how things change out there. Garrett Wilson's going to be one of the best guys in the league if Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York, but I will save that for a later point. Devin, you have anything left, friendo? Um, nothing much. Um, enjoy the week off of football. It's good for the nerves. Um, stay safe for Super Bowl parties. Uh, don't drink and drive. Think of others before yourself, and uh, stay healthy, man. Flu season's out and about. If you have a runny nose, blow the damn thing. But beyond that, um, the NFL is not rigged. If you think it is. Stop watching it. Um, and if you don't want to stop watching it, I can't I can't help you personally. Um, shout out Kellen Moore. Uh, hopefully he's better than Lombardi. Um, shout out Justin Herbert. Heal from the labrum. And we're looking forward to the offseason. But uh, until then, it's been a pleasure as always. I don't know if you've got anything else, but I've got the buttons over here. So just let uh, me know when you're ready. We can't help you, but my therapist can. There yes. And uh, from the bottom of my heart to everybody watching, thank you for tuning in. And until next week, peace.